0: Welcome to the Shifting Our Schools podcast, where we believe learning never stops. We create innovative and flexible professional development opportunities that support the current research and thinking in education today. This week's podcast episode aspires to set you up to take another step forward on your personal learning journey. Now here's your host, Jeff Udick.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for finding some time to listen this week. This week... I want to tell you all about our latest free guide. Like the other 50-some free guides, you are always welcome to download as many as you like when you head over to shiftingschools.com, click on the resources at the top, and choose resource library. The new free guide you'll find there is called Taking Time for Trust. This guide was developed upon the request from a listener just like you. I mention this as a reminder if you would like to see the Shifting Schools team develop a resource, you can email us anytime at infoshiftingschools.com. We develop many of our resources and professional learning pathways based on what our community asks us for. That's how our coaching cohort got started, too. Instructional coaches and mentors told us they were looking for some professional learning that not only helped them become a better coach, but also helped them on a practical level. At Shifting Schools, we aren't just about theory. We know your professional learning needs to give you resources that you can take action with right away. Our coaching cohort is an engaged community of coaches who leave us with loads of ideas and with a Google certified coaching certificate. If this program is one you'd like to learn more about, just head to ShiftingSchools.com and you'll learn more right there on the homepage. So, Not only am I excited to talk to you about our new guide, Taking Time for Trust, but we have a great lineup of fellow educators on today to also talk about why investing the time and effort into cultivating high trust teams is one of the most important things we can do. The very first resource in the guide provokes us all to think critically about what it is exactly we mean when we talk about trust think for a moment about the two or three people you work closely with. How similar or dissimilar do you think your definitions are for trust? Do you know what experiences your peers have had with repairing broken trust? What might your colleagues say an unspoken rule is when it comes to building trust with others? As always, our resources hope to help you make the space for the conversations that truly shift schools. With that, I'm going to pass the microphone to head of school, Kathleen Nagley, who shares her perspective on why we need a shared understanding of what trust is.
0: Establishing a working definition of trust in any school team can be a critical exercise to build Uh, the capacity of a team to work well with each other. I think there's a couple different things that have to happen for that exercise to be powerful, though. One is giving each team member a chance to really self-reflect on what trust means to them, maybe um, without others hearing their their view of trust, having a, a moment for them to write things down or think think about this prior to a meeting, and then really digging deep as to once that person has revealed their understanding of trust, trying to help the individual to self-reflect as to why their view of trust is the way it is. I would think that our different past experiences are our growing up in our families, our past traumas, our other experiences in other schools help inform that meaning of trust um, for each of us. But it also is a vehicle to understanding what the other person in your relationship might need from you to feel that trust, to see what it would look like in action uh, for them. I know myself that when I have members of my team who only tell me positive things, it's not helpful for me. So I, I end up lacking Um, trust in what they're saying. If everything seems so rosy that they agree with all that I have to say to me, it shows a lack of trust. It shows possibly the hierarchy that I might have being the head of school with another. Some of the most trusted colleagues I've had in my career are the ones who pull me inside and say, Kathleen, you're really screwing up at the moment. Um, and, and tell me why. And I, I appreciate that. So that for me is also about my own past history as to why uh, so, someone telling me maybe something critically um, is, is feels trustworthy to me. For some, trust is really about being valued. And what they need uh, in that relationship is for others to to recognize their value and point it out and explicitly say it. So for some members of teams I've been on, I know it's very important for me to make sure that I'm checking in with another and telling them I I believe in what they're doing and I thank them for it and I recognize it. So for some trust has this element of recognition possibly because maybe they were in relationships where they didn't feel valued or recognized. So understanding what you need in terms of trust and being able to express what that looks like and feels like for an important team, I think can help move things forward for you. And also understanding and, and hearing others, um, others' views of trust will help you be able to tune in to their needs um, During hard times and in schools at the moment, of course, we're experiencing very difficult times through the pandemic. So highly trusting teams have the ability to kind of work through and navigate um, um, problems amongst themselves and amongst the staff and find ways uh, to move forward in those relationships without them crumbling. So thinking about your working definition of trust, knowing yourself, knowing why you feel that way will help you have greater empathy and understanding so that when the difficult times come, you have the person who can unload, tell you what's going on um, and help um, uh, uh, help your team uh, work through some difficult times. And, and trust in the school, you know, on a global sense is about you being able to honestly express uh, what's going on and the rationale of why you chose the actions you've made. So this is just builds on itself. If you can build that in a team, you can build that in a school culture as well. Thank you.
1: I am a huge fan of leaders who value reflection and listening, and that share was a wonderful reminder of why Kathleen Negley really gets at how slowing down to understand helps build momentum to work together more effectively and more compassionately. My favorite quote from Kathleen, for some, trust is being valued. What a great reminder for all of us. Let's turn now to Vice Principal Duff Douglas, who talks to us about the recipe for impactful partnerships. Just a reminder, before we listen to Duff, that you can follow all of our panelists online. We've linked to their Twitter handles in the show notes.
2: At the end of the day, as educators, we want to create learning opportunities for our students. In effect, we want to get things done. We want to put things in place. We want to make learning engaging. We want to create new opportunities for students to thrive. And how do we do these things? How do we get things done? In my humble opinion, it's through partnerships. Partnerships are the key to many initiatives for education. And in order to have a successful partnership, there is one key ingredient. That's right, you guessed it trust. And sometimes trust is overlooked. When I reflect on initiatives, or things that I've tried as an educator throughout the years, and things that have failed, and there have been many, It's often a result of not spending enough time early in projects to build trust with the people that I'm collaborating with. When things have gone well, as I reflect, it's because we had a high level of trust. We had the ability to go through ups and downs, bumps on the road. And if I hadn't have put trust as a high priority, then those projects could have been failures. The material from Shifting Schools is a fantastic resource for educators to use early when creating project groups or working with teams that are newly formed. Getting on the same page of what trust means and coming with an open mind, positive intent, and accepting that people are going to have different viewpoints of what trust is and working together to build shared definitions will only result in a more successful partnership and at the end, getting things done. I highly recommend taking a look at the ideas one through five that shifting schools have put together. Intentionally put these into meetings, set aside time to talk about trust and what it means, and to understand that this will need to be revisited throughout school years. At the end of the end of the day, if you have a high degree of trust, it's only going to lead to more successful projects and in the end, getting things done to improve education for students across the world.
1: Duff reminds me of something I believe and talk about a lot. Collaboration does not just happen. We must work to set the conditions for collaboration, and that work is never done. We must continue to invest class time in learning to collaborate. Thanks, Duff, for reminding us the investment pays off. Up next is Darius Phelps. And again, let me remind you that if you want to follow the guests, you'll find the link to their Twitter handles in the show notes. Darius is also well known for his incredible TEDx talk, Fingerprints Upon My Heart. You can also find that in the show notes as well.
3: Now here's Darius. Hi, my name is Darius Phelps, and for me, when it comes to school and just relationship building in general, I feel like trust is at the core of the foundation of everything we do. Um, Specifically, if you don't have trust, everything will truly crumble. You have to establish that bond, that genuine bond, one at a time, especially when it comes to school and classroom culture. For me, it starts with teachers and the students building that rapport. Being vulnerable is also part of trust expressing emotions truly and authentically is part of trust. That's how we are able to have these conversations and really shift our mindsets. And that's how trust is built, is through conversation and activity and team building um, initiations. But once you start in the classroom, the, the teachers have to really model that as well. Uh, with your teaching team, even with your supervisors or administrators, you have to really be together as a team and have true trust. Collaboration is really where you're able to build that true trust relationship as well. If you don't trust your peer or your uh, coworker, you're unable to effectively collaborate and things will crumble. That will show with your planning, with your lesson plans. And many schools don't realize that and they I feel like they should take the time to make sure that teams are built with true legitimate trust and if trust is not there. How can we as leaders fix that? How can we as administrators establish that true trust? So our building and our kids are represented in the best form and fashion that it can that they can be. And for me, it's just really just getting, getting re, uh, really diving deep and getting to know the people you work with and understanding where they come from, their differences, and also understanding that we may not always get along or agree, but we have to have trust in order to have that genuine, true love and support. And that is where trust comes from, and that is where it. Over When you have that in your schools, and your classrooms, nothing and uh, or anyone can actually break you. You stand solid.
1: I love what Darius says about collaboration being an opportunity to reestablish trust. Darius is so right. Our young learners do look at us to see what our high trust teams are like. How do we communicate? How do we value one another? Lastly, we turn to J.O. Erickson who is going to share his thoughts on trust as an asset and the concepts that relate closely to trust.
4: Hi, my name is J.O. Erickson. I'm a teacher and school leader at an independent school on Vancouver Island on the west coast of Canada. I think first off, leaders are, good leaders are vulnerable. Um, they demonstrate or they, they, they present their authentic self, um, warts and all with vulnerability and their guard is down. And I think that inspires their team to, to also um, be less cagey around some of their weaknesses or places where they've, they've not done as well as they would like. And that those areas of, of growth are, are much more accessible and, and much more, um, much less uh, how can I say it it's it's not such a, a crushing emotional experience to acknowledge your areas of growth when you have a vulnerable leader who um, who kind of demonstrates that that growth mindset um, I taught my career 10 students um, there was a, a scholar back east who, who um, wanted to create this idea of a, a CV of failures or a, a resume of uh, things that didn't go well. And we had a really great conversation about like, how um, showing what you attempted to do and you know, every time that you've, you've failed and picked yourself up and tried again is really a, a badge of, of resilience more than failure.
1: What J.O. says there reminds me of one of the resources in our free guide. It is called Experience Exchange, and essentially it is a micro menu of ways to encourage the sharing of anecdotes, the sharing of stories. Our experiences with trust and failure and vulnerability shape the way we approach collaboration. So it is always an important practice to make and take that time to share. If you take a risk or play around with any of the ideas in our free guide, please do reach out and let us know how you put your personal spin on it. You can send us your thoughts at info at Have a great week. And until next time, I'll see you on the network.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Shifting Our Schools. If you found this episode helpful or inspiring, please make sure to subscribe and leave the team a five-star rating. If you want to learn more about the Shifting Schools team or download our free resources, head over to shiftingschools.com to see what's on offer now. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode to keep rethinking the shifts our schools need.